Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Theology Taco podcast. My name is Tim, and I am your lovely host. So today, I want to talk about, is the church relevant anymore, especially in America? And I'm going to be looking at three to four major questions. The first is, has the church in America become irrelevant? (laughs) Is Christianity as a whole shrinking? And third, uh, if the church is becoming irrelevant, how does it become relevant again? Okay, so in 2013, there was this research group uh, called Pew Research, and they released all of these findings saying that there was this group called the nuns that are growing in the United States and that church attendance has been declining. So ever since then, the poll or research or survey, whatever it's called, has been used as a polemic weapon against the church by, you know, some atheist or secular humanists. The poll has also been used as an alarmist propaganda thingy among some political conservative camp as a way to rally for the defense of traditional Christian values and as a this is what happens when we take such and such out of schools but the problem is is that the research from this poll it's always misinterpreted and probably intentionally by both sides Um, so that brings me to the subject of this podcast a few weeks ago uh, my brother emailed me an opinion article hosted by Fox News called Churches Should Learn from Blockbuster, Change with the Times, or Die. In this article, the author cites the Pew Research uh, findings I just mentioned uh, about how the number of nuns is growing, and he concludes that the church has become irrelevant for everyday believers. The author goes on to claim that the church is close to becoming like all of the organizations that died off such as blockbuster kodak and walden books because they couldn't change with the times these organizations refused and they they to or they couldn't they just couldn't keep up with cultural shifts that happened in the last 10 to 15 years and they went bust he goes on to to say uh, that we as a church must find a way to make the church relevant to the culture of the times. Alrighty then. So remember when I said that the research poll was often misinterpreted? Well, this article is very guilty of that, and here's why. The nuns, as they are called, are not a new group. They've been around for a while, and I want you to think of people who only attend church during christmas and easter but not rest of the year sometimes pastors call them ceo christians uh, christmas and easter only or the much funnier creasters there are people in the who in the past maybe they identified with the denomination because of their family history or family tradition so instead of saying that they are baptist or methodist or whatever they're just telling the truth now and not identifying with any denomination or religion. That's why the number is growing. It's only a change in what's called nominal Christianity. 
but it doesn't mean that people are becoming less religious and that those who, and that those who actually practice Christianity are leaving the church and becoming atheists or whatever. Uh, the poll isn't a reflection that the church for the everyday believer is now irrelevant. It just means that the people who think church is irrelevant are just being truthful about it now. That brings me to the next point. Is Christianity shrinking? The answer is a big fat no. Do you remember? So the poll that we were just talking about, uh, it was put out by a group that I call, that's called Pew Research. Uh, guess what? Uh, they put out more findings and that said by the year 2050, there will be about 3 billion Christians across the globe, whereas not too long ago it was about 2.5 billion people. Since the United States is part of the globe the last time I checked, then we're part of the significant growth. We in, in America, we've got to get away from this uh, constant doom and gloom forecasting when it comes to church and culture. Uh, we're saturated with this the fear of the idea that if we don't act fast, the church will lose somehow. And I want to ask you, when does God ever call us to fear in the Bible? Because uh, last time I checked, uh, I, that wasn't in my Bible. Maybe it's in some other Bible, but not that I've found. Yeah. So, but are we seeing more resistance to what we could call traditional Christian values? Well, there's a lot of evidence to suggest that. But let me drop this in your lap. In the early days of Christianity, when it was heavily persecuted, the church did not shrink or stagnate, but it blew the fudge up. <laughs> we can even uh, we can even see that in places now like China, where the government it has been cracking down on Christianity in China, but it's still booming. So let's say all of the sudden that there were a very there was a very large attempt to take down the church in America. Well, if history repeats itself like it usually does, it would just create the opposite effect of what the persecutors want. And this has been demonstrated in history. Uh, honestly, whenever I hear people freaking out about this kind of stuff, you know what I think about? Reverend Lovejoy's wife from The Simpsons. There's far too much pearl clutching going on when it comes to this. Okay, let's get back to the article um, and answer this question. If the church is becoming irrelevant, which I just said it's not, how does it become relevant again? So we're, uh, the author assumes based on the numbers that he's reported uh, incorrectly for, for the decline of church attendance is because the church has become irrelevant. He says, and I quote, the tension for the American church is no different from other organizations that have seen cultural shifts in how people relate to their entity. For instance, online sales have strongly affected retail establishments. We have seen countless retailers downsize and countless close their doors. These shifts are real and have drastically changed the way that our society purchases goods and services. And those same shifts have changed the way people choose or don't choose a church to attend. He then goes on to say in a couple paragraphs down that uh, many churches in America have failed to learn the lessons from marketplace companies such as Kodak and Blockbuster 
which is change with the times or die. There are countless other names of many of the world's previously top companies that have floundered, shrunk, or grown totally obsolete. Can I ask, are you seeing a problem or hearing a problem with with that, with those statements? The whole assumption of the health of the church is based on an incorrect definition of what the church is. The author didn't come out and say that the church is an, is an organization, but he did heavily compare it to one, so it's implied. The danger in thinking that the church is solely an organization is that it can it, it can become an institutionalized. The effects of that lead to the church becoming uh, like this big bureaucratic thing that loses touch with the people it's supposed to be serving. And unfortunately, we've seen that happen too in history, uh, you know, the medieval church. Let me, let me try to tell you what the church is. It, it is the faith of female and male believers that make up the body of Christ. The church is the people and the building or home that we go to to worship together is our gathering place. It's not the church itself. It becomes the church when the local community of believers is gathered to it. If we assume that it's becoming, church is becoming irrelevant, which it's not, uh, how do we keep it relevant? Um, well, I don't want to totally divorce the church from an organization. And it's not to say that the churches will not have to look at what an organizations do. There have been a lot of churches who have experienced quite a bit of growth who once only had a local reach in their community but now they have a global reach uh, this is one i think it's entirely appropriate to take a, a look at what a successful organization is doing so that it can continue its reach but it must be done in the service to the calling of christ what christ has called that church to do but my question is, is that what really makes a church relevant? I don't think so. In my opinion, here's what makes a church relevant. First is, if it has Christ as the focal point of its ministry, the whole reason for the church is to go out and make disciples uh, for Christ. When we honor that, God makes us relevant. The second is if the church is acting as the hands and feet of Christ, in the community when the when christ was ministering on this earth he wasn't just preaching at us he taught us for sure but he also healed and comforted people and he also provided for others and he asked his disciples to do the same so when the church acts like christ towards the community it becomes relevant to the community uh finally the church is relevant if it's authentic this is where I can give the author of that article credit because he believes the, uh, the church should be authentic, and so do I. The church can put on the coolest events. It can have the coolest song services with like some flipping sweet electric guitar riffs and lasers and, and crap. But if the members are not willing to be honest about their own lives to the people, the broken people that are, are coming through the doors... For the first time looking for healing and connection then all of those events and light 
robots and, and fog machines, it's not going to matter. Uh, the last point I want to hit on before I go on with the final segment is my frustration with the author telling us that we need to change things up, but he doesn't offer up anything other than the obvious. And he says, to impact our culture once again, we must discover practical tools and take new risks in worshiping God in authentic ways. Wow. Listen, I don't want to be too harsh on this guy, so I'll just say that I think he's saying the church needs to be creative. And I agree. I, you know, I love when the church is create, creative. I love creativity. Where I disagree with him is the source of where to find this create creativity. So his whole comparison of the church were to those organizations that either changed or died. So maybe he thinks we should take a look at those, at those companies who have evolved to survive the marketplace as a good, good source. I don't know. But he, he does say that we must seek new biblical methods to, to stay relevant. <laughs> what does that even mean? Well, let me try to answer that question with another question. What do we know about God? And how did you get here? Bingo, because God created you. God is creative. In fact, the creative force of God is his Holy Spirit who inspires and illuminates he illuminates us to bring us do new things and to bring us to new understanding and who brings us new gifts so the church doesn't need to look for new biblical methods to stay relevant it needs to submit to the guidance of the holy spirit who's going to help us be creative enough to serve and grow god's kingdom so i got through that a lot quicker than i thought i would so i'm actually able to include the last segment or so what's at work in the people who are actually leaving the church i didn't want to just come on this episode and, and to be like oh look at us we're the church and we're so awesome and then act like we do nothing wrong or like no one ever leaves the church because that would be lying people do leave the church and that's a reality and they leave for various reasons the author of the article um, that I was just talking about actually gives at least two good ones when he's trying to present his terrible argument. One is uh, that I already mentioned about church not being authentic or or it being unwelcome. And the, th and the second is that the church leadership is hypocritical. You know, they're preaching something they're not living. And there's a lot of that. There's a lot of things under that umbrella but one of the most common things that i see which goes along with that is abuse of power and then the behavior that comes out of people when they try to hold on to that power unfortunately we've got a lot of that going on right now and there's a major denomination in the united in in the united states that's facing a lot of uh shall we say I'll put this politely turbulence because of its abuse of power and how it's twisted the church and scripture to maintain that power that's almost like a whole nother podcast let's keep going uh, another reason why people might leave the church is because they have had doubts about god or their faith and when they turn to their church uh, with these questions they're either condemned or the church leaders tried to d dismiss their concerns. It seems to have been a big problem among the evangelical church 
and and it happens in other segments of Christianity, so I can't just totally diss on evangelicals, but the church hasn't always been good with handling the doubts of believers. And I don't know why, because, you know, in, I think it's Mark 9, when he, uh, that guy asked Jesus to heal his loved one, and Jesus asked the guy, do you, do you think I can do this? He's like, yes, I believe it, but I need help with my unbelief. Jesus doesn't turn that man away. And so we shouldn't turn people away either when they express a doubt. I think God's been very tender with those who have expressed some kind of doubt. Let me move on because I I will go down that rabbit hole. So underneath most of this, I believe there's a very real spiritual component that's influencing these situations. The Apostle Paul, he says in Ephesians 6.10 that we struggle against the powers and principalities of this dark world and the spiritual forces of evil. So the enemy, uh, the enemy is always seeking ways to sprout division in the church or destroy the faith of believers. That's why it's my conviction that we stay humbly submitted to Christ, who through the Holy Spirit, he equips us and he guides us through these instances. Well, we're not perfect. We mess, we mess up, but it doesn't have to stay messed up we can reconcile. We don't have to cling to power because of a position when the power belongs to Jesus anyways. Uh, we're, we are to love God and love others. And the, since the enemy doesn't like that, we got to turn to Christ for wisdom. That's all. Um, that's pretty much all I have for this episode. I want to thank you for listening. And I hope that I've dispelled some myths in this episode because like I said that that research um, that came out uh, in 2013 it's still being talked about and this article was only from a few weeks or a month ago and it's 2019 so for the last six years or so pull this research and its misrepresentation has been pretty problematic and in a in kind of a stupid way it, it's, it's stupid how consistent it stays and how misinterpreted it still is. So I hope that this has helped clarify some things for you and gives you a better outlook on going to church. And I, I hope that if you are a believer that you go to church. And if, if you're not a believer, I hope that you would uh, consider going to a church, uh, maybe if it's at the invitation of a friend or if you're just curious one day to see what it's all about, uh, I hope that you would do that. So I just want to, again, thank you for listening and, and God bless you.